Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to another episode of Can Collects. And as always, you guys know I always say it. If you can collect it, I'll talk about it. And this episode is going to be on Funko Pops. And uh, I'm going to bring in someone who's much more knowledgeable about it than I am. He's the co-owner of My Pops Comics and Collectibles, Nick Kerber. Nick, thanks for joining me, man. Kang, thank you so much for having me, bud. I'm uh, always happy to have the opportunity to talk about uh, Funko Pops and uh, this amazing hobby. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about it. No problem. I mean, I do get a lot of requests on Funko Pops, actually, so I don't know like when the phenomenon started, how long it's going to go, how long it's going to keep going. But uh, before we get to that, <clears throat> can you just let people know where your store is located, your hours of operation, so they can come find you and get some Funko Pops? Absolutely. We're located in Shelby Township, Michigan, 48540 Van Dyke Avenue. Uh, we're just south of 22 Mile Road on Van Dyke. We're in the Mr. B's uh, Plaza. So if you see the bar and grill right there, we are right there in that plaza. Uh, we are open six days a week. We're closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're 1 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Friday, we're 1 o'clock p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. And then on Saturday, we are noon to 10 o'clock p.m. We stay open late so all you nerds can come and hang out after you're done, you know, working or looking for something late night to do. And then uh, on Sundays, we're open from noon to five. Awesome. And then you have, do you have Facebook, a web page or anything? Yeah, we have a pretty good presence uh, on Facebook and Instagram uh, right now. Uh, every, when, uh, every Wednesday on Instagram, we go live for What's Up Wednesday from uh, starting at 8 o'clock p.m. We've got a lot of really cool giveaways that we do. It's a walk and talk segment of the store where we get a chance to kind of show you guys around, give you an opportunity to shop with us. Um, it's a good time. We usually bring in anywhere between 80 to 100 people in the community, and it's awesome. It's a great place of positivity. So you can always join us there on Instagram. And then on uh, Thursdays, uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can catch us with our uh, with our famous drops where we sh- showcase anywhere between 200 to 225 figures. New every awesome. single week. That's awesome. It's my pops, but it's uh, spelled M-I-P-O-P-S. So for those that yes. want to Google it or look on Facebook or Instagram. M-I for Michigan. That's exactly right. Um, so um, I've been in the store, people. It's a great store. It's fun. There's Funko Pops literally everywhere. He does have comics as well and other things like that. So if you want to check it out and uh, for last-minute shoppers or even after the holidays, of course, stop by and check it out. Uh, plenty of stuff. So I want to get into it, though, Nick. Um, first of all, why Funko Pops for you? What I mean, you talk about you know, nerds come unite. I mean, you probably consider yourself somewhat of a nerd then, I take it. So I mean, why Funko Pops for you? 
Honestly, it was a really easy sell for me. Um, I, I kind of dipped my toes in the water uh, by accident. I was at a GameStop picking up a, a game system for my son. And I saw him sitting kind of like on a little end cap display. I'm like, oh, Fortnite, he would love these. These are great stocking stuffers. I thought they were just really cool figures. And as someone who's collected all kinds of things, Kang, I've collected sports cards, Lego, micro machines, like all that stuff, action figures, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles. I thought it was a really interesting collectible. So I went to share it with some of my friends and uh, they're like, oh yeah, you've never heard of these things. They've been out for a while. They make them for everything. I'm like, wait, what do you mean they make them for everything? And they're like, oh yeah, they literally make them for everything. So then I started Googling like Funko Pop this one. And I'm like, oh wow, Thundercats, GI Joe, like all the stuff that I love, they made them for. And I think that's what's awesome about this hobby is, is that they have so many different licenses and they reach out to so many different age groups, so many different, it's, it's such a, broad spectrum of collectors that are out there and because they have so many different licenses and they continue to stay relevant to those licenses, that's what continues to allow them to thrive and i think the community is another thing it's it's a, it's a great community of collectors and i think that's why we chose to do a shop that specializes in just funko pops there's a lot of stores and secondary retailers out there that sell them you know they'll sell video games um, other action figures. And that's, that's fantastic. Those shops are all great for the collector's community, but we also felt that there was no one out there for just the Funko pop collector being really big in social media. We knew that there was a huge, huge fan base, not just here in Michigan, but out West and across the entire U S there was a whole huge community of Funko fanatics that, that existed. And there was no store that really just kind of focused in on them and kind of, you can come in and you can talk to us about what's new, what, you know, what your collection looks like, what you're most excited for in one of the con drops. There's a lot to get excited about. And uh, to us, that's why we kind of went all in on it. We wanted to, you know, a place to, to focus in on that collector. Do you find that like, you know, it's hobby, the hobby, whether what doesn't matter what hobby you're in, like outside forces or whatever kind of drive certain things in the hobby popularity, things like that. Do you find how much does pop culture play a role in the Funko pop community or is there certain things and what's always been strong, no matter what is going on, you know, is there like star Wars is always strong or is there, or do they wait for the a movie to come out and it goes back up or like any other Marvel movies, things like that. You know, that's an interesting question because you really see waves in this hobby of things and trends and how they're going. It's interesting to me because right now, one of the, the hot things out there is anything anime. Anime is huge right now, especially in the Funko Pop world, whether it's DBZ, whether it's Naruto, whether it's One Piece, you know, Death Note, uh, Demon Slayer, they're all real popular lines right now. And I'll be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of anime. So to me, it's just like, oh, okay, that's where it's taking off at. To me, I'm more into the movies, the animation, and a lot of the old nostalgic stuff, a lot of those old licenses and things like retro stuff. Um, and we don't really see a lot of that in the hobby now. Now they tend to focus on what's more, you know, in the mainstream and pop culture. And that's what, because a perfect example is, is I like the old stuff. They came out with uh, Gilligan's Island. I thought, oh, how cool would that be to have some Gilligan's Island stuff? You know, you've, you've been looking for these licenses for a while and it came out and it bombed. And that's because there's a whole generation of new collectors that are out there that have no idea what Gilligan's Island is. So in order for Funko to maintain their uh, relevancy in this collector world, they have to kind of follow what's going on in pop culture. And right now the focus is anime. Everyone loves everything anime. Now, as far as the staples, Star Wars is by far and away one of their hugest lines. They have thousands of different Star Wars figures and different variants. Uh, that has always been one of their biggest ones. Some of them, to be honest with you, not a knock on Star Wars fans. I can't figure out why they make some of them. Man, they have a lot of Star Wars, and they are always popular. Um, Harry Potter, Disney, 
you know, those mainstream Marvel. Marvel's another hotline for them. They have a ton of uh, figures in Marvel. Here's a fun fact for you, King. I didn't know if you know this or not, but uh, all Marvel and all Star Wars figures are bobbleheads. Do you know why they have to be that way? No. Because of licensing. Because because the Star Wars action figure market and because the uh, the Marvel action figure market is already so strong and established, the only way Funko was going to get the license from them was to make them bobbleheads. Really? Yep. They couldn't compete with any type of action figure to infringe with that. So you'll always notice that all Marvel and all Star Wars are all bobbleheads. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, like, so as far as like, uh, like a lot of listeners don't, that listen in, they want to know like maybe what's not, what's just popular, but what's worth money, you know, and things like that. And I know not every collector is the same. Some collect for the love of the hobby, other collects for investment and then things like that return on investment. So when you say like the Gilligan's Island thing, for example, that did not do well, bombed, you said, would that make mm-hmm. it more or less valuable because they weren't a lot of them out there? Okay, so that's an interesting question. So, yeah. so when you bring up value, right? There's two ways to approach it um, in, in collecting in this hobby, and you, you you hit it on both topics. And one of them is you really have to first and foremost make sure if you're collecting these figures, you're doing it because you love the hobby and you love what you're collecting. All money aside, we'd all love to get something out of our collectibles. However, you have to love collecting it. Um, if you're doing value based and you want to get something, you know, for your money, a lot of those you're going to find in the older pieces because you're talking lower counts. Um, Funko wasn't producing so many pieces back then, so it was a lot harder to get your hands on them. It's a lot harder to get your hands on ones that have good box condition. Um, a lot of those old ones are faked, so you have to make sure that you get legitimate ones. Uh, so, yeah, those are going to be the ones that are most sought after. As far as the ones that go that are new, it's tough to say. You're looking for limited runs, you know, um, con exclusives. And I'm not talking – see, when it comes to Funko Pops, there's the con exclusive and there's the shared con exclusive. Wish I could show you what it was, but there's two different types. It's the same figure, two different types of stickers. It's basically where you got it. One you either got it at the actual Comic Con, or the other one you got at Hot Topic, for example, or GameStop, who may have been the shared retailer for that figure. There's a does substantial make, price difference. Does it make one more valuable than the other? One hundred percent. And some yeah. of them, the, the the difference can be astronomical. And really? it's crazy because it's the same figure. The only difference is is the sticker. Wow. And sometimes you'll see you'll sometimes you'll see one, two, three, up to four different variants of a sticker that can fluctuate the value of that of that pop. Is there a standard in the hobby industry? Like, hey, this Comic Con ones are always more valuable than you know retail store ones, or is it vice versa? Or does it? I mean, is it different for everyone? Um, you know, for the most part, you're going to find that Comic Con stickers tend to uh, hold a higher value. But in doing this hobby, sometimes I see some that run neck and neck with each other. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, wow, the shared one is actually harder to get than the con one. And a lot of it has to do with the secondary market and how it's being traded. So some people aren't selling the con sticker ones, so the value isn't moving. Whereas that it's changing place with the con, with the shared sticker. So you're seeing all that fluctuate, go up and down, up and down where all that movement is. And you're like, wow, that's why that one's more valuable. It's just because it's changing hands more. So, and you mentioned runs, like in cards, there's like, a, they call it like a print run. How many print runs do they make of a card or whatever? I don't know what you call it exactly in Funko Pops, but do you know the runs or do they, did the manufacturers tell you guys, or is it, is it listed anywhere or is it kind of, you get your, your guessing? Um, I would lean more towards the guessing part. Now there are times where they will tell you they'll be stickered on the actual pop. You can see some as low as, you know, 50, 500, 250, very low counts, 1,500, and so forth. And then when you're talking about their common runs that you find hit all the major retailers, big boxes, small retailers like us, you know, 20, 30,000 of them. Wow. 
Yeah. But you know, 30,000, you got what 50, 50, think about this, right? So 30,000 figures, it, it seems like a lot, mm -hmm. but now you break that down over, you know, the, the United States. And then you break that out worldwide. 30, 30, 40,000 figures really isn't, isn't too many. So you mentioned like the con ones and the shared like retailers ones. How do you do? I don't even know if you know this. I was just asking this because I don't know. And you know more than me. And hopefully you educate me and the listeners. But how do they figure out who like gets what? Like who does Walmart get this? Target gets that? GameStop gets this? There's a there's a variety of different uh, um, social media sources that you can follow, uh, whether you're following. And again, there's a variety of them out there that will provide you with this information. A lot of times Funko is first and foremost. I think that is going to be your most reliable source because until you hear it from the horse's mouth, it's, it's just speculation. And then there are a list. I don't know if you want me to discuss them or not, but there are a list of other people out there that kind of give you leaks, insights, letting you know, you know, what you can expect, what's dropping where, but, um, Funko is very transparent. Um, and like, Hey, okay. So it's San Diego comic-con. They'll put out a whole spreadsheet with graphics and says, hot topics, getting these is shared. These are event exclusive only. These, these go to, you know, box launch. These go to Barnes and Noble. So they are very transparent about that. Okay. And but then earlier yeah. you also mentioned like, depending on the, the condition of the box. So that matters in Funko pops as well for value for, uh, at least for investment value. Otherwise, if you just want the Funko pop, like you are a collector, then you maybe not even care as long as it's not in terrible condition, but condition does matter in the Funko pop world. Absolutely. In a secondary market condition, um, can, can make a huge difference. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, which has been kind of a big buzz in the community to finally get uh, the figures graded. I'm actually an out-of-box collector. Um, I do keep all my boxes in storage and protected, but uh, I do like my figures on display. Um, with that said, if I get the figure at the right price, sometimes box condition doesn't matter to me. How... However, there are people that come in and they're very, very particular about that. And that's okay. And that's another great thing about this hobby is you can collect the way you like. If you want to be inbox, out of box, picky box, you know, if you want to do it for the investment only, like there's, there's all different ways that you can play this hobby. 
Um, but yeah, box condition, we definitely look at that when a figure comes back into us because we buy, sell, trade. 95% of the stock that we get is from other people's collections. So we do base the value on the condition of the box because we know our customers are going to come in and look at that as well. And then if we find that boxes do have some significant damage, we do mark them down accordingly. Okay, that's good. Um, and then like you met, well, you met some people like, first of all, you mentioned something earlier that really touched the nerve with me. I think always, I tell my listeners, this is if you collect what you love, you can't go wrong. Okay. But if you're in this for like an investment game, then yeah, I mean, things could take a turn depending on how much money you're willing to spend and things like that. But yeah. I go back to my first statement. If you love what you're collecting, you can't go wrong. Cause you'll have that, that figure, that car, that action, you know, those shoes, that Jersey, whatever it is you're collecting, you'll have that and you'll enjoy it. Um, but for those that, I ask these questions because there are a lot of people that do, you know, for secondary market or purposes, or even if they're down the line, hey, I've had great time with this. Now it's time to move on from it and let somebody else enjoy it. I still want to get my money's worth. So you mentioned box condition can be an issue. What if the box is perfect, right? Everything is great. Can you open it, take the Funko Pop out, kind of put it on your desk, look at it, mess around, you know, whatever. It's fine. Put it back in the Funko Pop uh, box. Is that does that make a difference? Or do you have to like let people know? Hey, this has been out of the box, or it's never been out of the box. You know, it's funny you say that because um, Funko has designed their packaging so that you can take them out of the box and return them in without anyone ever really knowing. Um, and I, when a lot of customers come in, I do educate them on how to properly take them out. It's a really simple trick. Um, it's just a matter of I'm going to show you up on the screen here, but you can put a card up underneath here and you pop the bottom out really simple without even having to dent anything oh, awesome. in the box uh-huh. and everything goes right back into it um so yeah there's a proper way of being able to take them out because i'm an out-of-box collector myself so i still want to make sure i take them out because like you said i, I was just talking to a, a father and son that came in about this i get this we t- i talk about this all the time and um i hope i don't get too preachy when i say this but you you sound like the same way i am is that Collect what you love, collect because of the experience. I love watching a father and son walk in, you know, making those memories, shopping, looking around, chatting at the store with us. Um, that's what's collect that's what collecting is all about. That's what my father and I did. That's what drew me to it. The money is all secondary to me. You know, tomorrow these things could all be worth nothing. That's why you have to enjoy what you're doing. With that said, if I decide that in the end, I, I'm I'm out of the hobby, I want to move on. Um, something happens, your car breaks down. You need some quick cash. You know, there's always money, quote unquote, in the banana stand. So you go to your collectibles. You can turn some of that in. So, yes, value is very important. To say that I don't look at the value of my figures and how they go up and down would be a lie. I look at that all the time because it's just fun to look at. Not only is it fun to look at what you have and watch it go up and down, knowing, but I'm never selling any of it, not unless I absolutely have to. Um, but I, 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 like I said to him, if you're going to collect just on value or just because you're trying to make this an investment or get rich, you're probably not going to be happy in this hobby. It doesn't work like that. I don't think that we're going to see some of these things because some of these figures are really, really expensive. You're talking thousands of dollars. You know, one of the most expensive ones just traded for 210 grand. Wow. That's which a lot one of money. that? That's a two pack of uh, the, the gold two pack of Willy Wonka and the Oompa Loompa. There were very few of them made. And I know it's been exchanging hands. It went for 110. And then I think it just most recently went for two and some change, I believe. Wow. So, but again, there's, but these are older figures, low runs. Um, the stuff that's coming out now, it's going to take time for a lot of that stuff to turn into something. So you have to enjoy it along the way. If you want to get into it for the money and get your money back, that means you're going to have to invest big off the get-go. You're going to have to invest in some of those older figures. A lot of new collectors don't want to come in necessarily and spend 150 bucks. They go, whoa, 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 150 bucks. I don't get it. Why is this one $12? Why is this one 150 bucks? You know, we'll happily educate them on why that, you know, that's the case. But 
that's how this hobby is. It's a lot like cards. You know, it's a lot like any other collectible, um, uh, you know, shoes, the shoe market, the, you know, the, the handbags, the purses, you know, all that stuff has a high, you know, secondary market. With that comes a lot of fakes. You have to be very careful um, on the second, you know, on the fake market. If the price is too good to be true, I'm telling people all the time, don't go for it. So, so when you mentioned like that high, that Willy Wonka uh, Funko Pop, is that like the highest one or is it just, uh, is there the what there's is there grail ones that everyone talks about in the Funko Pop market or hobby or like have you have you ever oh, ran across something like this or there well there's tons of grails out there um you know again I, I I can look the number up for you but I mean you're talking I think close to seventy some thousand different figures that they have so you have a lot of grails I mean some that are I can't even begin to tell you how many there are. You know, I know this is, you know, a, a lot though, right? yeah, no, you no. may add it out. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just, like I can look it up. I don't know if I, I guess something that's worthy of talking about is, is the way that uh, what I like about this hobby too, is there's kind of a, a standardized uh, price guide. You know how trading cards, you know, you well, have I was just going to ask you, how would like someone determine their value? You, is it auction houses? Is it eBay? You know, what, it, what helps, what help a young collector or a new collector? Like, Hey, how do I determine if I have something here or not? Yep, something I like to talk to collectors about is there's really two different ways to log and keep track of the value of your collection. The first one I'm going to, I'm going to tread lightly on when I tell folks, because it is the Funko app. Funko does have an app where you can keep track of all your figures by scanning them. However, um, their values um, don't necessarily reflect what the current trend is, especially of late. They've recently partnered up with eBay in providing that. And unfortunately, a lot of the data that they're feeding into their current app is not very accurate. Um, and it's it's kind of driven a lot of collectors a little crazy right now um, because they've watched their collections go from something so high to something so low. But they're not filtering out things like fakes, people that aren't making legitimate sales, things that are coming from, you know, it's it's just it's kind of muddied the waters in that regard. The one that we like to use and that we stand behind and that we we direct all of our customers to go to is Hobby DB. It's a Hobby database, so it's Hobby H O B B Y D as in David, B as in Bravo. Um, they give you all your current trends uh, that you have on a particular figure. It gives you all the different variants. So when we talk about different stickers on what what's what, they show you all the different values for that and they, they're pretty accurate so that's how we keep the standard of our pricing in the shop and that's what we find most collectors use as well something i do want to point out when it comes to like what we call ppg in the hobby by the way ppg is a term that you'll hear a lot in this hobby and it means pop price guide and that's what hobby db used to be but no one breaks away from that ppg terminology so you'll hear that a lot for new collectors so when we talk ppg that's the value ppg is an average of sales across a specific amount of time. It's a running algorithm. It'll tell you in their algorithm what's sold in the last day, six days. It breaks it all down for you. It takes into account all Funko Pops that have been sold across the platforms that they monitor, eBay, Macari, whatnot, secondary market resale places. Okay. Um, with that said, it takes into account damaged ones, ones that might not be in a box, ones that may be fake, so it's it, again, it's an average score. So it's not necessarily the end all be all. So you might be in this hobby and you might go, oh, wow, I have this really mint grail in my hands, right? PPG says it's worth 1500 bucks. Uh -huh. I know I'm going to ask maybe some more for that. Now, we don't do that here, by the way. We keep yeah. all of ours at PPG. We just find it's a fair way to buy, sell, and trade across the board. So no matter what it is, we keep it at PPG. But when you go on that secondary market and you start looking at eBay, Mercari, and you're comparing it to HobbyDB, and you're going, wow, 
this value doesn't seem to match. Why is this guy asking so much more money for it? Well, it's probably because it's mint and it's a lot harder to find. And he knows that a lot of those sales have box damage on them. They may not be exactly perfect. Oh, there was two phonies in there. So you have to keep that in mind too when you're doing that secondary market shopping. So you mentioned earlier fakes and things like that. Is there a company that will authenticate your Funko Pop and also grade your Funko Pop? Uh, and what do they do? Do you know what they grade it on? Is it box? Is it the actual pop itself? Is it everything? Or, you know, do they pull it out of the box? Um, as far as authenticating right now, um, I, I know supposedly Macari is offering authentication services. Will they stand behind making sure that they're authentic? And if they're not, you can send it back. Um, I don't know what Whatnot is offering in that regard yet. Um, I'm not a big person on Whatnot, so I can't really offer much advice. I'm not actually, I'm not a big user of Macari either, but I believe those are both offering some type of authentication service for you. But again, it's always buyer beware. You know, when it's not in front of you and you're spending that kind of money, you have to be very, very careful. Um, no two fakes are the same, so it's really hard to explain, you know, what, you know, it takes a lot. You really kind of have to have it in your hand. Sometimes you have to look at that figure. You have to feel the box. The box feels different sometimes. So I just, I, I tell people tread lightly when you're buying a lot of these grails online. So for like more, the more expensive cards and shoes and things like that, there are certain experts, of course, that you could take them to and people that know in the hobby that have been doing a long time, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. Are there any telltales or like, you know what I mean? Any red flags you can, you know, of that with Funko Pops? I mean, is it a feel? Is it a weight? Is it, you know... A color, I, I don't know. The, the well, eye is not supposed to be that circular. I have no idea. You know? Again, you know, and we talk to customers a lot about this. Matter of fact, we had someone reach out to the socials today asking, you know, if they felt some of these pieces were real. And and I'll say that we do answer that question as best as we can, looking at the pictures that they're sending to us. Um, it's always best to have them on hand and see them. But it can be a variety of things, from the paint job to the, of the figure from uh, not having the proper serial number on the bottom of the box to not having one at all. Um, sometimes they don't use the correct font. Uh, when it comes, there's a, the Funko Pop bubble up in the corner. It usually has a red, what we call a pill shape. And inside of that pill, they'll put like, whether it's movies, whether it's animation, you know, that type of thing. Um, a lot of times they don't use the right font sets in there, not the right font set on the side. Sometimes it's a variety of things, you know, um, that's why we always say no, no two fakes are the same. The, the first telltale of any fake should be if, if the price seems too good to be true, it's probably not real. Um, if you're getting something out of China, um, it's probably not real. So um, just like buyer beware. We're always here to answer questions for people too. I've had a lot of customers come in to show me um, and ask questions if one that they got at a great deal was legitimate. And uh, sadly, we've had to break a lot of hearts when it comes to that. And then sometimes we get to celebrate the scores too. It's like, whoa, you like really hit, you know, you had a jackpot, but yeah. Sadly, I've seen so I've seen people get out of the hobbies because they spent good money on a fake, and they've oh, just wow. been so heartbroken. They're like they're out. They're I'm I'm done. Dude, so. is there like I don't know? Is it a problem in Funko Pop hobby, or is it something that is just like any other industry? I mean, it's there, but just to be aware, uh, you know, um, would it, would someone like? Would someone fake a low end stuff, or is it more like always like the higher end stuff? Is someone you know faking a ten dollar Funko Pop? I mean, it's funny. There was there was, money, a, but. there was a time I could tell you that uh, they were only faking higher end stuff, you know, older pieces. But you'd be surprised some of the stuff you see come through nowadays. Um, I guess they see that that, that Funko has a, a popular market. You know, a lot of people are out there collecting; and they're interested in it. So if there's an opportunity uh, to make a buck, they will. Um, you see the same thing happen in shoes. You see the same thing happen in purses. The same thing happens in Lego. 
a lot of collectibles. I know what happens in cards and things like that. So you have to be, you know, really careful. We didn't ever think that we would see them wanting to fake some of these, you know, $12 Funko Pop figures, but <laughs> and every now and again, they get through. And that's something we don't do a lot of anymore here is we don't buy a lot of the overseas exclusives mm-hmm. anymore. Those tend to circulate in the market. They have their own sticker, but uh, that's something we tend to stay away from now. We only keep the stateside stuff. Helps yeah, prevent okay. a lot of that from happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling, you know, you know, getting duped and feel like you got duped, and and that that sucks. Oh, I've had, I've had some heartbreaking stories about that, that those types of situations, and it sucks to see that happen. You know, between people trying to make fakes, and then of course you've got in our industry what we call, you know, flippers. I mean, you know, they call the same thing in a lot yeah, of yeah. the other hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that can tend to be really toxic as well um, when they're out there. You know grabbing everything off the shelf, selling it for, for a lot higher price. We do tell a lot of our customers, take your time when something comes out. If you're not able to get it right away, be patient. Um, in this case, the turtle really does win the race. Um, Funko is not giving you an award for being the first person to get it. No one in your circle of friends is going to award you for being the first person to get it or overpay for it. Just wait a little bit. Usually these things tend to come down before they go back up. Um, I see it happen all the time. So just be patient, you know, and I think if you do that, it keeps the the hobby very healthy as well. It allows people to get their hands on things um, at a more, you know, reasonable price. And then you have what's, you know, more of a fair trade and in, in that nature. So, because so, a perfect example is the Aiden Hutchinson pop. Let me well, I was just going to, you know, I was going to bring up sports. I'm that, glad, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because we've talked about anime, Marvel, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and, you know, nerding out and things like that sports uh like so you mentioned aiden hutchinson so what determines what players what teams are able to get funko pops i know it's a probably a licensing issue and things like that but i don't see necessarily a ton of them help educate me on that like uh you know why don't we see more of it and, and who's able to make them and who's not sports is a really weird dynamic um they do have a good strong fan base because it has a crossover fan base a lot of the people that collect sports like to collect cards they like to collect autograph memorabilia they like to collect shoes huge crossover fan base. The problem is, is that, you know, licensing and production, right? So when you're dealing with this, you have to get the license from the NBA, you have to get the license from the team, and you have to hope that there's no contract for that player on how their name is going to be used. Again, Funko has to create this product at a reasonable price. Their standard price is $12 across the board, 12 to 15 bucks. After everyone starts taking their cut, is it viable for them to then go to production to make this 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 figure right so by the time they get it all approved and they get it made and then all of a sudden this player's traded you know what i mean and then you've got a bunch of dead stock <laughs> and everyone going why are you making this junk well this was all like worked out like way ahead of time uh-huh. you know and players get moved around and sometimes they get moved around more than once and it doesn't necessarily make their, their figure more valuable over the other um i think you are seeing a um a bigger increase in in certain um licenses like nfl they're really they're really pumping figures out like okay and i think that's great um you haven't seen much come out in mlb you haven't seen a whole lot come out in nhl what i really think they should do is capitalize on the um your hall of fame market these players have already established themselves with the team the license is already established some of them may have already passed over time i think that that's a way to connect with people that are into that particular sport and still be able to put out product that is relevant to uh to that particular to that particular sport the license for example so for those out there listening if you don't see your favorite player or what there might be a licensing issue or a reason why i mean there probably is a reason why or you know that they don't have one out there i can't i don't understand why there's no miguel cabrera that's crazy there's no miguel cabrera are there any it's tigers blow, 
Um, that you know. Pause. There's pause. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. They've um, Austin Meadows, but I believe he is in a. There's an Austin Seattle Meadows Mar- one. I, he, I think he's in Seattle Mariners, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying is he's oh, not man. in. He's not in the Tigers, but like. Um, there isn't a whole lot of Detroit love. There's more of Detroit love on the on the football side than anything. Even in hockey, the only thing you're getting from Detroit is Dylan Larkin, and I think they just came out with Terry Sawchuk. Wow. Which yeah, is, the maybe one is don't... crazy because he's actually now he's retired, so you know he's not going to be on another team. He's obviously uh, going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, that should be an easy one. Yeah, but you know he's got his own merchandise. Yeah. He's got everything, you know, with that Miguel license on it. So, again, I guess it's just all about whether or not they can find it affordable enough to 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 to, to bring them to bring him in to make him. Well, listen, so I, I, uh, PC, I personally collect Michael Jordan stuff, cards, um, you know, any, anything Michael Jordan, to be honest with you. And I have, I believe I have all the Funkos for Michael Jordan. So Michael okay. Jordan has Funko popped. You would think anyone else could get involved in this. And you would, I don't know how much he would command, but he was always a, a difficult get for a lot of licensees. So, yeah, um, that's a good point, you know, but I mean, he's, he's the biggest name out there. So I don't, I don't know. I, I they have a ton of Michael Jordan Funko Pops. Probably more of him than anyone else. That's for sure. When it comes yeah, to sports, well, unfortunately for my wallet, yeah, I mean, they, there's a bunch of them. I got, uh, yeah. Do and you have any of the ten inch ones? Yes. Well, that's the thing. I have three. I have the three ten inch ones behind me, and people can't see this, of course, because we're you know on their you know, yeah. radio or phone or whatever. But I have the three ten inch ones. Now, I was going to ask you about that too. I don't see a lot of the ten inch ones. The bigger Funko Pops, for people that don't know, uh, are they more? Are they less desirable, or are they just a pain in the butt because they're bigger? What's the deal with that? I feel like they don't make. Why do they always make the the small ones? Tons of the smaller ones. I would probably say it's exactly what you said. There's not a lot of space. The one thing Funko Pop collect, two things that Funko Pop collectors tend to run out of the quickest is probably extra spending cash and space. Um, and when you have to take this big ten inch box and you know put it up somewhere, it, it it takes up a lot of valuable space for where you could probably put like six other figures or seven, eight other figures in that, in that, in that spot. So um, here at the shop, we like to display ours out of the box. I think that's about how they look best. Um, but I think that's it. I think it's just because they're big and bulky. Um, I like them, but again, I prefer to take them out and, and put them on display. Yeah. I have the three that I know that I think that there exists for Jordan and if they come out with another one. I'll try to get that, but uh, I have the, I got a 10 inch Snoop Dogg. <laughs> they, make, they have Snoop Dogg. <laughs> they just, do they have a 10 inch Tupac? Because I got the little one. Oh, I don't know if they've done that one. They haven't done a Tupac in a while. I I I know of all I know is they had just made the one. I got the one, but and and by the way, the numbering yeah. on Funko Pops, do you have any idea how they number them? The numbers are ridiculous. Um you might as well so they they aren't really like now they're kind of all higgledy piggledy. Um it's not based so, on anything? So, okay, so maybe it started off a certain way. So what you're looking at is, is I'm just going to show you so I can talk about it easier, right? Um, in the Marvel line, this is number 99, okay, in the sequence. Who is that? In the, in the, it's uh, Carnage is number mm-hmm. 99, right? And you're, I am holding a cage in, or Gage in Church from Pet Cemetery. So in the movie line, he's number seven, 729 in the movies mm-hmm. catalog. Follow what I'm saying? So it goes by, like, oh, okay. whatever. yeah whatever subcategory that pop falls under. But where it gets weird is that they leave a lot of gaps. So like it doesn't always run sequential to how they're coming out. They leave gaps for future figures, maybe things that they planned on doing that never did. So like you'll see a jump into like 1200 all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, what happened to all the other stuff in this line? It's just, that's why I always say it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, sometimes under movies, you'll have the same number twice for a figure. So I, I think it was just for their purposes. Maybe early on it, it served a better purpose, but now it's just kind of 
it's it, there's no accurate checklist for okay that. it's just sorry it doesn't necessarily we get that we get that question a lot yeah yeah there's a reason for them but it just it doesn't really mean more or less right yeah um one other thing too uh autograph funko pops how much value does that add and does that add value at all i guess it depends on who you ask it's all um in the eye of the beholder for lack of better term uh we don't buy sell or trade autograph pops um to us i personally feel um it decreases the value um perfect example is you could look at the ghost face funko pop figure it's one of the most coveted horror pop figures that's out there everyone's always looking for a ghost face and it ranges anywhere between you know 300 to 400 bucks depending on which one you have um and people always want to take and get that sign right um there are a lot of collectors in this funko world that just want that pop that don't want to pay that kind of money for it with an autograph on it. You are going to have to find somebody that wants a, a ghost face pop that's already signed. Most people want to get it to get it signed if they're going to get it. It's about the experience. It's about actually meeting that person. So me personally, I don't find that it adds a lot of extra value. Now, with that said, I am I don't speak for everybody. And it shows when you look at Hobby DB, they show you autograph pops. So if they're if they're autograph pops that have sold in the secondary market, there is a value to them. So some people do spend extra money or have again just because there's a there's a value to it doesn't mean that it is constantly buying selling at that at that value that just means that there was a cumulative amount at that average who knows it may not have sold for since the last three years uh -huh. so yeah and just like anything yeah, else it, i mean it's it's worth what someone's willing to pay for it right so correct I mean, absolutely so but the yeah, funko pop thing is weird though because you have the box i mean like they signed the box you could take out the funko pop itself or you know should they sign the funko pop i mean Essentially, the it's the box that's autographed. Is that the only thing that's worth anything? <laughs> yeah, no, they're auto yeah they're autographing the box. It's funny. I've always suggested to people that if you have a Grail and you really want to see an autograph on it, just put it in a protector and have them sign the protector. That way, there if you ever want to sell it, just slide it out. Yeah, it's like and seriously, it's not, it's not damaged anymore, right? I yeah. mean, that's the way I've always looked at it with this particular thing. It's like, well, then why don't you just slide it in a protector? Just and then when you're ready to get rid of it, if the person doesn't want it signed, just slide it right out. Uh, uh, so by the way if uh our funko pops usually i mean are they sold are they worth more with the box by the way than without or i mean that absolutely matters, right? we don't okay. we don't take anything without a box okay all right yeah we absolutely have to have a box matter of fact a lot of times people donate their figures that are out of box and we put them in a kid's treasure chest we let kids pick them out to keep them happy while they're shopping okay. in the store okay. um, but yeah no value on it you had asked earlier too about grading a funko pop figure yeah. and i want to touch base on that um they're grading a multitude of things right now. I don't, I don't see a lot of stability in it. A lot of people are getting their figures back encapsulated going, wait, what do you mean? This is only like an eight and a half. Like, what do you expect for a 10? Like, what do you, what, like now keep in mind too, when you're looking at a card and I don't mean to take away from, you know, card grading, but you're basically looking at two sides, right? You know, you're looking at edges as well, yeah, but yeah. really it's, it's flat. Now, when you're looking at a Funko pop figure, you are looking at the box. You're looking at all the sides of the box. You're looking at the window on the box. You're looking at the printing on the box. You're looking at the figure. You're looking at the insert. There's a lot of stuff to consider when it's getting graded. So I, I think that it's going to really muddy the waters if they start grading these figures, putting numbers on them that people don't really understand yet. And then that, what that's going to do is, because some of those are starting to sell in the secondary market, they're fetching a much higher price. So when you're looking at HobbyDB, are they going to take and differentiate grade sales versus non-graded sales? Or are they just gonna lump them all together now with everything else? Cause that's gonna throw everything out of whack. Cause you could have two that sold at a high amount that were graded in a hundred 
sold at the secondary market, like at the, you know, the average price. I, I, so I'm curious to see, I, I'm not a big fan right now, of the pop grading. I love the concept with cards and comics and things like that. But right now I'm a little, little skeptical um, well, when it comes to Funko Pops. Cause everyone I know that's gotten there is graded has not been happy with how really? it came back. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they encapsulate it. So if you have to pop it back open, you're going to run the risk of damaging that figure. Is it tough to break open? Do you know people, anyone that's bro- broke? I've, I've never broken one open. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell risky. you. I don't know. Yeah, it seems. It seems yeah, well, you, well, that's the thing is, is that when they encapsulate them, you have to make sure that you can't get them out because what's to say someone isn't going to switch it and then seal the capsule back up. Mm-hmm. So again, that's it's. I, I, I it's not my cup of tea. But do you do you guys sell regular protectors for customers like you know just the plastic uh, ones that? Encapsulate? Oh yeah, we sell uh, we sell what are called soft protectors. They kind of like collapse down. Yep. I think they're point yeah. seven five millimeter. Um, do you sell ones are, for the ten inch uh, ones? No, we don't. And the reason is, is because they, they require us to buy a lot. to. So our, our end of our smaller size ones are 10, 10 for 10. So you get yeah. them a buck a piece. Yeah. Um, we don't, we don't have a big enough market to sell for those big ones to get enough and to make it worthwhile. I do recommend a company, uh, display geek. Uh, they're really good for, uh, for protectors of all different size figures, whether you're looking for, um, um, like one of the pop rides, a movie moment, a six inch, a 10 inch, they, they carry it for everything there. Um, but we sell uh, pop armor shields too. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. Those are the hard protectors. Oh, okay. They've got a mag- They've got a magnetic top. They lock oh. in when you stack them into each other, um, and and those are uh, those are by far and away the best ones to get. And we we keep those in stock all day long. And they and they'll make them for the ten inch and the regular size ones. Um, we carry the six inch uh, hard stack protectors. So if you've got a six inch figure, we've got the hard stack for those. But uh, I don't know if they're making ten inch hard stack protectors. It's a lot of acrylic when you're going. Yeah, I know. It's it's ten inch protector. I don't think they're doing that yet. Put some weight to it too, actually, too. Let's talk about yeah, it, it makes a significant difference. But I'm telling you what, you put it in one of these uh, these hard stacks, and uh, it will make even the, the most least expensive figure look like a gem. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, but the grading thing is funny because I, I mean, I have a, I own a lot of graded cards, and I do I find that it's almost like a necessary evil. So I'm not like completely against it, but it's really subjective. And the problem is. There is a huge price gap, almost a canyonist price gap between like a mint, gem mint, near mint, you know, and it just seems like mm-hmm. the same tech, technically kind of the same card, you know, obviously conditions different, but it's, it's such a big price gap. That's, it's become a huge deal in, in cards. And so I wonder if you don't want to go there with a, a Funko pops, if the Funko pop people or the hobby of the community doesn't want to go there, I, I would understand why, but, but for authentication purposes, I think it is necessary for fakes. You know, like, I think you need to find a, the experts say, this is fake. This is real. And we have a third party that told us this, and it's not just my word versus, you know, your word. Yeah. I do believe strongly in, you know, trying to get things authenticated. Um, it, it, especially when it comes to autographs, you know, if you're going to these autograph sessions, I, I do believe in getting, you know, if, if, if you're buying um, a signed figure, you know, look for authentication of some sort. And I'm not talking about like, you know, Steve's hobby shop is sliding a card in the back saying yeah, so-and-so was here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you're going to pay a premium price for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so always, if you're, if you're getting your figure signed, just, you know, make sure you're trying to get them authenticated as well. Um, so before I let you go, do you have, I know sometimes you, you'll have some signings there yourself at the store. Uh, do you have any upcoming signings you want to let the people know about? And also any upcoming Funko pop releases that are coming out that you're excited to announce and things, uh, um, as far as releases, you know, we don't, as I mentioned, we don't do a lot with the, uh, with the new stuff that comes out. Um, we kind of let that stuff sit out in the market. We don't, you, we're not a place that you're, we're not going to run to like hot topic, GameStop, Target, pick all that stuff up off the shelf and put it in our shop. 
Um, we don't even buy back for at least the, the first 60 days that something's come out. Um, so as far as like new stuff, um, I can't say that there's a lot of, uh, I don't think there's anything new coming out from them because uh, they haven't had a big con coming out. Um, I know that for the first time, Funko is actually going to be showing up at C2E2, um, which is uh, out at, uh, in Chicago. And they've never come out to the Midwest uh, for any of these conventions. They're going to be setting up their booths. So this is going to be really exciting for people out in the Midwest for a chance to get out there and do that. Um, as far as you asked about signings in our shop, we, uh, we do quite a few signings. This year we had Lex Luger out. We had Kelly Kelly, uh, former WWE uh, champion. Uh, we had, um, Goldberg, the goalie was here this past year. Um, and then, uh, January 7th. So that's Sunday, January 7th from noon to three o'clock PM or until the last man standing. We're gonna have Jason font here. Jason font is the red time force ranger power ranger. And, uh, he's going to be starring alongside, uh, Jason David Frank and the, uh, uh, soon to be released legend of the white dragon. So for all you power rangers fans, uh, come out and check out, uh, Jason's really cool. Believe it or not, Jason was the first signing we ever had here. Uh, two years ago and he's going to be in town and asked to come back and he's a really cool guy. So uh, we're excited to have him. That's awesome. And they can bring like, they doesn't have to get a Funko pop sign. They can get other things signed and you have a detail. Oh, absolutely. On that. Yeah, absolutely. If you check our socials, we'll have all the details on that. Um, it, unfortunately his figure never had, his character never had a, a Funko pop figure. Oh. Um, so there's nothing, you know, for him to sign. Uh, he's yeah. going to bring a variety of different flats from the characters he's done. I know he uh, did a, uh, messes in here to pick me up on this one he was the motion capture for um the lead character in resident evil what is his name i always say the wrong thing and she's not here people are yelling at the radio right now man what's that people are yelling (laughs) at their radio right now the name that you're trying (laughs) yeah they are absolutely i cannot think of the name (laughs) anyways um my my brain fart uh so anyways yeah he'll bring a variety of stuff to have signed there as well um we'll have more pricing information coming up here soon he hasn't sent that over to us yet um but yeah jason font's coming that's awesome. Nick, that's awesome, Nick. Nick Kerber of My Pops Comics and Collectibles. Check out all his socials, Facebook, uh, Google it. They're on Instagram, like he said. They'll have all the details on that and all the other Funko Pops. It's a great store. Go out and check them out at Shelby Township. Nick, thanks for joining me, man. We'll do this again. All right. Sounds great, King. Thanks for having me, bud. All right. As always, guys, enjoy the episode. If you like it, you know, please tell a friend or a family member. Um, you can always catch up on past episodes. I talk about anything collectible. And as always, keep collecting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 